uh, Gables, if you have any, because uh, I know you said you want to just focus on your top ten. If you want to, mm-hmm. do you have any um, uh, honorable mentions you want to throw out there? <laughs> just a handful. <laughs> what comes to mind? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come back in an hour. You got a quiche? Go uh, make a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at the, the time, looking at this. It's like, I don't want to be here all night. So, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to run through. I, like I said, I made a top 20 list. So, I'm going to run through them real fast. Give, so, give me a few minutes. Um, number 20, 2016's Gears of War 4. It was the game that made me actually give a shit. Like, I love Gears of War games. It made me actually care about the characters and the story in the world of, of Gears of War 4. It was it was a Star Wars Force Awakens to me of, mm. uh, of games. Is what I always mention as. Number 19 and 18 kind of go coincide together for a reason. I didn't put them together for a reason, but then like it kind of just worked out that way. 19 is Mario Kart 8 from 2014. And um, 2000, number 18 is 2013's Pokemon X and Y. Um, okay. Those games, uh, for me, matter more because they're great games in the, um, themselves. But to me, they kind of changed my life as a gamer and for the show in a lot of ways where I was completely like anti-Nintendo there for a very long time. I went from being... I only play Nintendo, fuck PlayStation, fuck Xbox, to, like, fuck Nintendo. It's a couple years into the Wii, about 2008. And then, like, Pokemon X came out. And doing the podcast with you and Jake, and you, mostly you, hyping up to uh, Pokemon X and Y for me. And then all right, I'll buy a 3DS, goddammit, to play Pokemon X. Getting hooked on that. And then I'm like, oh, man, okay. And then, we, then uh, what was the what was the, um, the Zelda game, the uh, Link Between Worlds? A Link came Between out, Worlds, Came yes. out, fantastic. And then I was like... Finally, Mario Kart 8 is coming out in uh, late May of uh, 2014. Like, fuck it. I'll get a Wii U. Bought that Wii U. It's funny. We just talked about it in the last show uh, about, you know, I got that copy from you for us for Skyrim um, and got Mario Kart 8, got Wind Waker, uh, Smash, our, uh, Super, Super Mario Brothers, and I could break the other one. But, like, getting that, like, those two games brought me back into the Nintendo world. And there's so many fantastic games that I could have very well... I mean, I probably would have jumped back in with the Switch at the very least, but there was a lot of great Switch games that I would have missed out on, and 3DS games I would have missed out on completely if it wasn't for, um, you know, doing this podcast really was what did it for me. But, um, and you, you in this podcast, and um, jumping in <laughs> and getting into it, and, like, that's what got me back into Nintendo and giving them a chance and not just looking at them like some stupid, uh, I'm too cool for Nintendo kind of guy. I went from the, you know, from that to, like, I respect great games kind of thing. It changed my, my perspective on gaming really was, um, Nintendo listening to you and playing Nintendo games. Um, did that for me. Um, number 17 was black ops call of duty from 2011. Um, hmm. still one to this day, one of my favorite call of duty games, but what really puts this on the list for me is it's kind of like the same way rocket league did for us was for like three years. Like me and my friends played that game. And it was like the one way, like, cause you get older, people have kids, wives girlfriends whatever so you don't get to hang out as much but that was like the one game where like i remember like like a lot of us from like high school like that's how we still talked like justin and i would play the game a lot like i i like just i like i knew like i was kind of over that game but it was like it was still like i was still enjoying it but like it was like great because like that's how justin and i would like communicate a lot too um and like play the game and then also we had our friend billy and thomas and eric and shit like like we Tim like every night we'd have like at least three or four of us up up to eight of us get on and play that uh, play that game together for multiple years um, and to this day like I think I have a lot of fond memories and still look at that game um, with nostalgia a little bit because of shit like that. Um, number sixteen, the game I'm too scared to play in front of Courtney. Uh, 2011's Catherine. Um, <laughs> I say that because today I tried playing that game in front of Courtney and she's like, "Turn this fucking bullshit off right now." I'm like, okay, I'll go play Death Stranding instead. So, um, but it's... it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I okay, know, right? Continue. But continue. It's, it's like, I hate anime. And nobody, Gables, you know that more than anybody, how much I hate anime. Yeah. And, yeah. like, this is that game that, like, I should hate everything about this. Like, it makes me feel weird and perverted. Kind of like, like Bayonetta did the same thing. It's like, I feel weird and perverted, but it's actually a really well made game. And like the story is actually, I mean, yeah, there's like a lot of tits and ass in it and like in your face kind of thing. But like the, the story, like there's more to the story than just tits and ass. And like this guy has sex with these anime girls. Like there's more to it, you know? And like same with Bayonetta. There's more than this girl that uses her hair as fucking armor, you know, like 
you look at it, it's easy to say, Ugh, why, like, look at somebody like, really, come on. But it's like, when you, like, I don't know, sit down, you focus on the, you look into a little bit more, like, that game, like, much like Walking Dead kind of opened up a little bit more for me, like, kind of, and like, like, listening to you talk about Nintendo, like, kind of, like, opened my eyes, and I, so I wasn't so closed-minded, and like, I don't know, yeah, so that's, it's number 16 for me. Number 15, Super Mario 3D World from 2013. Um, yeah. Another great game. Fantastic. Like, I was never a 3D Mario guy. Um, Odyssey and this are, like, the only two that I really, 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 really like. Um, but this, to me, is still, like... I mean, I always joke that Captain Toad is the best Wii U game. It's not. It's really not. It's 3D World, guys. I'm willing to admit that now. Uh, but Captain Toad is really great, though. But, yeah, like, this is, like, the game I most want. Like, there's very few games from, like, last generation uh, that I want to play replay again. Like, there's the Mass Effect. There's Dead Space. There's um, Metal Gear Solid 4, and there's this game. There's like, that's it. That's the list of games I want to play from last generation. Uh, and I would love, and there's rumors that there's going to be two Wii U ports this year. I'm hoping this is the one, because there's not very many left, so it's got to be it. But uh, yeah, so Super Mario 3 World, mm-hmm. fucking fantastic game. Number 14, this is on your, already on your list, 2016's Uncharted 4. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it too much more, because we've already talked about it, but yeah, number 14. Um, number, two, uh, number 13, 2017's Near Automata. Um, Platinum's greatest game, which is crazy for me to say, because I love a lot of Platinum's games. They may have a lot of bad games, but their their peak games are fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, this game is brilliant. The music is brilliant. The gameplay is brilliant. The story is brilliant. Having twenty six different endings is fucking insane. Uh, the game is batshit crazy. It is Hideo Kojima like? It is like they're like like somebody's like the the director of this game. Like to me, this as a plan like. This guy wants to be Hideo Kojima. He's like, he made his best Hideo Kojima game. We're like, we're going to make this bastard crazy game that's making goddamn sense, but it's fucking brilliant. And that's what Naritama is. So that's why it's number 14, or 13, I'm sorry. Number 12, you already talked about it. We've already talked about 2018 Celeste. Um, brilliant game. Story, it's one of those games where, like, I hate 2D platformers. I'm not very good at them. And then on top of that, I have no patience for goddamn games. But this is one of the, like, the games I'm most proud of beating ever because one, like I said, don't like 2D platformers. But the fact that like you stuck to this game, um, and the story is fucking brilliant with uh, you know with the girl with anxiety and all and all of her depression issues, and her climbing this mountain to help her beat that issues, um, and it's so deep and it's it's simple but deep and complex, um, yeah it's, it's fucking brilliant. And number eleven, 2016's Hyperlight Drifter, the greatest mm. video game accomplishment to me personally is this game beating this game. Because like like I just said, I I have no patience for games. If I if I get stuck somewhere for half an hour, a lot of times I'm, I'm going to stop playing that fucking game. And this is the game I I quit this game a dozen times easily. And then like the next day, I'm like, this game's brilliant. The music's brilliant. Um, I want to keep playing this game. And I go back to it. I fucking force my way through it. And I finally beat that goddamn game. That last boss, fuck him. But I beat him. And I, I'm like that is like to me like my crowning achievement at least as an adult, um, for video games is is beating that game and sticking with it. So yeah, those are my uh, my my honorable mentions. Uh, nice. <sighs> yeah. So Gables, we are here. We are at the top five games of the decade. Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. My number five, 2016's Doom. <laughs> really? Yep. Number five. Yep. Oh. This goddamn game, man. You ever? <laughs> there's nothing that makes you feel like more of a badass than this fucking game ever. Like I want to rip and shred, fucking playing, like rip and tear, playing this fucking. <laughs> I want to go out and like find a small child and rip him in half every time I play oh, this God. fucking game. Like I'm playing him, and like like I'm playing like, some kid in Mario Kart Eight. This game is is what I feel like all the time playing that fucking game, and the music on top of that is brilliant. But uh, yeah, oh man, fuck yeah, Doom! I can't wait for Doom Eternal. By the way, Gables, I don't know if you know this. I'm excited for Doom Eternal. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 crazy. It's kind of like it's kind of like that same thing with like uh, South Park, where it's like you look at that game and you're like, okay, this game's been delayed so many times. It's probably not gonna be very good. It's it's a nostalgia thing for us. Like we're, this game is gonna be. We're gonna we're gonna like we're hoping this game's good because because we love Doom on Super Nintendo or Doom sixty four, and the fact this game came out and not only was obviously I mean it ended up being I think like two it was number two on my game of the of the year for that year, um, uh, right behind uh, Uncharted and, and Hyperlight Drifter, but um, oh right ahead of him, I'm sorry but um 
the come from that to being like from a game like okay this game's probably gonna be very good the fucking brilliant is awesome and like the fact they brought a game that was awesome in like what 92 93 and made it like mm-hmm. awesome and like not only did it make it great and feel like it ran really well but also felt like a game from like that you love from 1992 in 2016 it's incredible and like that game it's so fu- it's just like I, I was just talking about with like hyperlight drift and less like this game is fucking hard really hard even playing on normal like i was but like I did not want to stop, and like I, you, like you just like you fucking you punch a guy, rip him in half, and it's like, like it's just an adrenaline rush, and you just like I can't stop playing this game. Like even though you keep dying, it's like you keep getting that adrenaline. Like I'm gonna fucking destroy these motherfuckers, and it felt so. It's the most satisfying of like feelings was like finally getting through a section you've been stuck on for an hour. I remember like the, the second to last level being stuck there for over an hour um, on like one of the last little bits there we had to fight an onslaught of guys but I just like you kept like you kept getting that adrenaline rush of like ripping guys in half blowing people up getting close to the end okay rip people up rip them in half blowing them up getting a little closer and finally getting there and beating them and it's just like oh my god it was like I, I felt unbeatable like I could have done anything and I could have ran I could have been the Kool-Aid man and ran through a fucking wall and go oh yeah afterwards <laughs> that's how I felt there's no game that ever made me feel that way other than this fucking game. It's fucking brilliant. Um, and I hate the fact it's number five, but it's number five. Gables, what about ah, you? Number five. My number five is actually Fire Emblem Awakening. Hmm. Is that the is that the, that's the 3DS one, right? Yeah, that's the 3DS okay. one. I just want to make sure. I don't know the names very well of them, so. So, yeah, Fire Emblem Awakening. That was one of those games, actually, I believe. It was uh, pretty close to if not one of my games of the year from back around 2013, I think, you know, 2014. I'll I'll look it up. I'm not sure when it came out. But I knew it was in the same year as, like, X and Y. But uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, it's one of those games where I, for the longest of time, I played the Fire Emblem series. I could not find that one game that actually made me a fan of the series and actually made me want to play subsequent games inside of it. And lo and behold, here comes Fire Emblem Awakening. This game in and of itself has a fantastic story, has a lot of, like, custom ability you can do with, like, character classes and, like, freaking experimentations and stuff. And it actually did have, like, a DLC component to where there were extra missions, there was a lot of, uh, there was actually, like, a lot of, like, various training little forces where you can actually go through, get some random experience and grind, and actually encouraged to experiment in terms of different classes or in different types of upgrades for some characters and the fun the funniest parts about this game is like you actually pair off certain characters and stuff and they would actually produce like offspring and stuff that would be stronger or weaker depending upon who you paired up with which added another little bit of a depth to the game and i thought it was pretty hilarious actually because you can actually go through legitimately marry someone inside this game like your main protagonist and stuff with someone else and then just come up with all sorts of various, like, class-wise, what type of stats would do this and that, you know? It was definitely a fun experience just to go through and just get a whole lot of the random feel and stuff. But basically, what I loved most was going on to different maps, having that Russian adrenaline where you're selecting your units, you know, your, your units could die or like at any moment if you make the wrong move. And then all of a sudden, it's like you end up getting this big old victory because you planned ahead like a couple turns in advance. And uh, you have your mounted horseback guy go through and just start annihilating like soldier after enemy soldier and stuff and just getting the win for you. It's just that rush of adrenaline, too, in terms of making sure your strategy is just right in that regards. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely the game that I played, like, quite a bit on the 3ds actually i did like full like two full complete i think uh playthroughs of that game first when it came out and then like a couple years later when i had an itch just to replay it before like uh like before the other fire emblem game like birthright and conquest when those things came mm. out that year you know and, yeah uh, that was just yeah and that pretty much was just my number five very nice <laughs> I, I looked it up it came out in april 2012 2012. Okay, yep. April 2012. Yep. Um, okay. So mine is my number four is the my game of the year from 2016, Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. Last Guardian. Yes, this was a tough one to put uh, as I look at my Toriko statue, not 
fucking two feet from me. Um, this game, like, it's one of those games you can't justify for being very good. Like, it's definitely, like, just kind of like people talk about level death training, where it's like it either hits you or it doesn't. Um, but it's just like it hit me on a different level of being, I think it's, I've always said, it's like someone that is a dog lover. Um, and this god who loves dogs and anything, movies, TV shows, video games. <laughs> uh, if you touch my fucking dog, I will destroy you, kind of thing. Um, and like the like the fact that like in this game, like I remember like if Tariko will like yelp out in pain, I'm like, <gasps> and like I get like frantic and like start like trying to like like freak out and like trying to hurry up and get through the world to like get get to him to save him, protect him, or whatever. Um, you know, it's like. I don't know. It's like the game is like definitely like just what I'm saying. It's frustrating as fuck. Like because you're just like Tariko. He's like staring at you, and you're like fucking jump to the goddamn ledge. But like, there's something about it where it's like I just stuck through it. And I loved it. Love the story. I love the world. Um, Japan Studios. Like this, and this is the game that like I remember. Like we were all on Skype talking, and you guys got mad at me because I kept going, oh, "Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it?" You're like Jake, and you were like, "Stop, please stop." <laughs> when they reannounced it at E3, like was it 2014? I'm like, "It's fucking Last Guardian." Like this is a game I waited seven, eight years for, and to come out. <laughs> and I know it didn't get, it didn't sell well. It didn't get a lot of great reviews. Like the reviews were like middling. I even know like, Easy Allies gave it like the, they made it their game of the year that year. Um, like nobody else, I think, besides me, did that. Besides Easy Allies. Um, but I, I, you know, like it was a game that just clicked for me and I loved, and I've never waited so long for a game that a game that was announced that is, and to come out and be everything I wanted to be and more. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't have too much to say on it, but because it's it's one of those games where it definitely is like you love or hate it type of thing. Um, but yeah, number four for me is Last Guardians from 2016. What about you, Gables? <laughs> oh fuck! I hate the laugh. Uh. I, I, something's coming. It's gonna. I'm either I'm gonna be mad or I'm like, okay, whatever. You son of a bitch. Go ahead. Number four is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Fucking goddamn it, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you thought you had a one frying pan, and now you're into it. No, this is this is the the this year's right. I just want to make sure. Yeah, this released this this okay, released this in 2019. Yep. Okay. Well, what can I say that I already haven't said about Fire Emblem Three Houses already from the span of 2019? It was a game that I played consecutively for like a couple months. Yeah. I never do that with games unless I'm really into the whole experience. Or it's World of Warcraft. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, at least that way I'm not paying monthly. Mm. But, uh, but there was a difference between my gameplay time in Three Houses as opposed to World of Warcraft is I actually enjoyed building up my character instead of routinely grinding every shit along the way and actually enjoying some bits of content without missing stuff. But uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, fantastic story. Did two separate playthroughs. One of them was, my first playthrough was around 80 hours. The second playthrough, I played 100 and something hours. And to say in this day and age that I spent that much time playing one game is in and of itself incredible. But the fact that remains is that the game was so fun, the story is so good, and the characters are so fantastic in that regards that it made me want to go back and do that. Not only that, it's like, there's another path I didn't even go down. And that's even more replayability. And quintessentially, there's more DLC and more types of stuff that I could do, like for like a season pass that I could potentially buy, and that's even more content that I could do. So quintessentially, I'm I am near like about 170 hours total playing that game in of itself, and that was all from like the last year. And th- this was the game that partially was the reason behind why I did not invest in so many games during that time, because. It was like around late like late July, early August, that game came out. And what did I do? I decided to skip Astral Chains, Legend of Zelda, Luigi's Mansion 3. I mean, I picked up the Pokemon games because hell, you know how I am with that. Yeah. But still, it's like that is such a feat in and of itself. And the fact remains is this is the better game in terms of even compared to the past entries of Fire Emblem from Awakening I didn't even try Echoes or something like that but 
or Shadows of Valencia, I should say. But uh, even in regards to the last outings on 3DS, like Birthright and Conquest, this, God, in, in ways and stuff, Three Houses blows them out of the water. But, uh, oh boy, it's just, it's just so good in that cohesive level to where I felt like that putting it inside the number four slot felt appropriate inside of the games of the gen games of the decade because even though the past games that I had mentioned I've had a lot of fun with and stuff, none of those games I've actually went through and spent close to about two hundred hours playing and enjoying just the solid game itself without having to spend an extra amount of stuff, like an extra amount of money or just go through like one big old chunk. It was just kind of similar to how I used how I played through Persona Four for, for the first time on the Vita, where it's like I had like a hundred hour plus playthrough, but I enjoyed every single minute of it because the character interactions, the characters themselves, the gameplay was addictive. The, the the whole aspect of like levels and missions were fun. It's a rarity. It's just one of those rarities that just clicked with me. And so that's why it's number four. <laughs> wow. Very nice, Gables. Did not see that coming. Um, my number three is... Uh, is this our first repeat on the list? I don't know. Yes, is it? it will be. It was your number nine. It's my number three. Mass Effect 2 <laughs> uh, from 2010. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I didn't think we'd be this far. I didn't think we'd get this deep into the list before we got our first repeat. But, uh, yeah, I don't... I mean, you went over it quite a bit already. Like, there are so many memorable moments in that game um, with the characters. I mean, like, I always thought about Life is Strange is the best um, collage of characters ever. And, ah, man, maybe, you know, it's funny because I never think about that. I, I forgot about Mass Effect 2. I was like, I, I actually, like, I remember, like, Jack, Jacob, fucking Morton. Uh, like, I remember, like, uh, Rex, fucking uh, all these characters, mm-hmm. Grunt. I remember, like, all these characters come back to me. I'm like, oh, fuck maybe I was wrong. Like maybe mass effect, you know, two is actually it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you're right. Like it, it like everything you said, it's fucking brilliant. Like they, like mass effect mm-hmm. one was a really great game. It, it was, like, to me, like mm-hmm. there was a lot of hype around that game, but like it, it's still kind of came out and shocked a lot of people. Like there was a lot of hype on like the hardcore gamer, uh, sense. And even like, I wasn't in that. I was still like hardcore, like, on Nintendo's dick at that point when it came out in 2017 <laughs> Mass Effect 1 or 2007 when Mass Effect came, 1 came out and just picking the game up because I heard so many good things about it and playing it and just fell in love with it and it's like this, there's some problems with this game but it's still like a fantastic story and like the, the gameplay is still pretty good and then Mass Effect 2 came out it's like we're just going to take the Gears of War story add in our, the, our Gears of War gameplay and add in our uh, like our, our with our our uh fuck was that shit called like their powers you had um biotic biotics powers thank you and we're gonna make our own fucking game out of it and uh i it's like it just took it to one more one step up like the biggest complaint a lot of people had with that game was gameplay it's like here's a here's a better story um and with all with better characters and more worlds and like we took all the bullshit uh side stuff out of it that everybody hated from mass effect one and it's like in every way they they built upon Mass Effect One and made it a better game, and made it to one of the greatest games of all time. And it's kind of weird when the same weird, weird way where like it's a game that I don't think it's a lot of credit, like as much credit as like back in the day it got it got it got its due. But it's like what nine years later, it's like I feel like Mass Effect Three has really hurt the Mass Effect franchise uh, more than Andromeda ever did, or like the, the ending of Mass Effect Three did. Where it's just like I, I was looking at people's top tens list or people's list talking about or people just having conversations about greatest games of the decade and it's like Mass Effect got left off a lot of lists and I feel, I think Mass Effect three has a lot to do with that and it's just like and even for myself personally I'm working on the working on this list where it's just like I was thinking about it, I'm like ah oh, man I don't know Mass Effect two it's like and I just kept thinking about Mass Effect three ending I'm like I don't hate it but I don't love it either it's just kind of a weird wonky ending they didn't nail the landing very well. Um, and it's just, it's funny, like, but then I thought about it, like, I took out Mass Effect 3, pretended it didn't exist, and I thought about it, and I was like, no, like, going into the uh, the suicide mission at the end, all of that, build, the whole build-up to that. You know, we were talking about with Pokemon Sword and Shield, where there's that big fight feel, you know, we have with, with the gym battles and all that, but it's like, you had this big fight feel, and it built it up for a whole fucking game. And yep. whether you just went to, the, you streamlined the main story, or someone like you and I who did every fucking goddamn mission that you could do before you went in there, talked to every character, did everything you could, 
before you went in there and still you lost a goddamn character like I did. Rest in peace, Tally. Uh, tally. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, like, I, s- I remember those moments. Like, I remember, like, that, like I had never been so built up a hype for, uh, in my, like, I don't know, maybe as an adult, I don't know, maybe as a kid, there was games, like, you had the hype level before, like, like with me, like a Pokemon game. But, like, coming up to that game coming out, I remember, I, t- I remember this is the first game I ever took time off of work to play. I remember the game came out on a Tuesday, and I'm like, I'm taking Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off, guys. <laughs> like, this is, I'm going to stay up all night, Tuesday night, all on all fucking day. I'm going to play games, play this game. And that's all I did for, like, five fucking days straight. And I still was, like, halfway through the story of this game when I did that. Like, that's how, and like, I mean, I put, like, 50, 60 hours into it. Which, for me, personally, is, like, and you know, Gables, you know how I am. I don't stick mm-hmm. with games very long. Um, no, you don't. Like I play them, I get hooked in the games, but I get hooked into them and I'll beat them and I move on. That's just how I am. Um, I wish I could, you know, like we talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses. I wish I can get into that sometimes, but um, it's just that's just I, nothing other than Madden. Nothing sticks to me longer than a couple, like maybe a few weeks. But like this was a game that like I stuck onto. And, like I didn't want to end more than maybe any game ever for me. Or like I wanted to see how it ended. But I was just like, I want to. I, I love this world and this universe so much. I want to know everything about it. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I want to know how it ends, but I want to learn more about this. And that's how I was right. with with Mass Effect Two and with Mass Effect Three too, too as well. But like, the ending soured me a lot. But uh, yeah, Mass Effect uh, Two is my uh, number three game of the decade. Uh, what's your number three, Gables? Doom. <laughs> I really, you know what? When you told me Breath of the Wild was your number six, I'm like, okay, it's it's fucking Doom. This is number one. I don't know what your number one is anymore, Gables. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Holy shit. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, everything you said about Doom beforehand is kind of like the same sentiments that I feel about Doom. That adrenaline rush and everything. And it's the first time that I've ever played a first-person shooter of that type of pace where it just automatically clicked with me from the get-go. From that 2016, when I first got it for the PS4, and then all of a sudden I started playing through the campaign, started going through, and just started watching little bits of the dial, like the bits of the story and stuff. And that story is really fucking underrated. If anybody wants to go back and check that out, damn, I mean, it's something deep, and it's just basically supposed to be like this mindless like shoot 'em up kind of like game, and it's like. You have all this power adrenaline stuff, and like you just have these little cues and stuff for the computer for the dude. The AI is just, just warning you, so hey, don't don't destroy this and stuff. You know, blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. First thing you do is you break it. You break it. Yes. You fucking break it. It's like everything inside this game is just like a big old power fantasy of epic proportions and stuff. You're just gunning down demons. You're chainsawing it through everything, and the best part about it is it feels so fucking good when you're doing it. It does. That power trip, that type of gaming experience inside of a first-person shooter, this is the type of flow that Doom is supposed to feel like because it's more akin to its original release on the PC. And the thing about Doom is, like, I never... Growing up, I never got why people liked playing Doom so much. And then when the 2016 game released, and I had a chance to experience it, and I found out what made... And what I found out, what people found firsthand, is like, I found what clicked with me. And that is why I went as fast as I could. I went through demon after demon, just gunning down any type of thing, chainsawing, whatever the fuck I could get my hands on and stuff. And I just basically had a ball. And I like that game so much, I actually bought the Switch version oh, of the damn right. game. Even though <clears throat> even though it does have its little flaws and it already has its bits of updates. But that damn port... That damn port of Doom is so fucking good on Switch, too. In handheld mode, I'm going through, and I'm not even having hardly any troubles whatsoever in terms of, like, doing that stuff. And you know what's kind of funny? Is when they were having their sales, I saw Doom was, like, almost, like, five, six bucks on the Xbox Live Arcade, and I was just this close and buying it digitally on the fucking Microsoft Store. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I know I love that game, yeah. but at the same time, I can actually download it on Game Pass if I really wanted to. It's just the fact that the remains is is that it's a first-person shooter. I don't really play first-person shooters, and yet here's this one game that's the anomaly that I absolutely love playing this game so much that I want to go through and experience it all over again because of the power and the 
feeling of control and mastery that I had when I played through it the first time on the PS4 back in 2016. And the thing about it is I was having a power struggle back around that year too because I was wanting to know what would I would place in number one, Uncharted 4 or Doom. And that is just the interchangeable type of things that happen. And now thinking back on it, you know, this... <laughs> In modern day 2020 now, Doom probably would have been number one if I would have played through it a couple of times mm-hmm. <laughs> back then. But uh, yeah, that is my number three. And quite honestly, I'm kind of glad that it's there. Yeah. Uh, God damn. Like, dude, I'm like, I have an erection right now. Just listening to talk about Doom. Like, that, oh, game, that game is fucking, oh man. It's funny, like, you know, like, uh, Courtney's always been like gets mad at me because I don't play games as much as I used to and she's like go play your fucking games like she'll get mad at me because <laughs> I don't play games as much as I used to and she'll get like cause, and I'll sit down and play games and I remember like during E3 and I've talked about this on the podcast before but I remember during E3 uh, like they sh- we were watching the Bethesda one together and um, she's like like she was just playing around on her phone whatever not paying attention I'm just there watching the Bethesda one it's kind of boring whatever and then Doom came on and like she like she's like put her phone down and she's like what is this? I'm like, oh, this is Doom Eternal. She's like, what's what game was this? I'm like, oh, it's the sequel to Doom. She's like, do you have that game? I'm like, yeah, I still have it. She's like, do you like the game? I'm like, I fucking love that game. She's like, I will watch you play through that game. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? She's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'll fucking download it right now. <laughs> like, you kidding me? Like, yeah. That's so it, you know you found the one. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I should just like pull the ring out right then and there. Take this. Like. <laughs> marry me let's watch let's play doom for a honeymoon that's what we're gonna do i don't know if she'll like that part so much but yeah I, I, i'd enjoy it um not what she was expecting for a wedding night was me playing doom <laughs> she had other ideas we're playing doom maybe she's like this is why i brought my ps4 on her, on her honeymoon um but yeah oh man goddamn doom goddamn how's that not our number ones should be our number ones that's nuts <laughs> I hate my list. This is why I hate my list, Cables, because it's number one. Should be. Anyways, moving on. Hi, Louie. My number two, Cables. The Mm -hmm. game of last generation for me. 2013's Last of Us. Ah, I was wondering when this was going to pop up. Yeah, I mean, because there's always games we, we both know. like We know each other well enough after nearly seven years of podcasting together. 347 episodes in probably 400 plus hours of, of podcasting together. Another three, 400 hours of bullshitting with each other. We know each other very well. And like, this is one I knew you knew was on my list. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like, this is one of those easy ones for me. Like that, like I, I was joking about horizon zero dawn, like being number two, like it was never number two. Like it was, it was always number one was always number one going into it. And this was always number two. And there was like these were the two that were set in stone from the beginning. Last of Us is like, you know, you like you 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 were talking about like Uncharted, like with like Naughty Dog, like they built something great with Uncharted, and it's like they built possibly the greatest game of all time, um, arguably top five greatest. It is in my top five greatest games of all time. I think it's number three behind behind Metal Gear Solid Four and Pokemon uh, for greatest games of all time is Last of Us. Like the the story with Ellie and um oh fuck I just literally Joel. Joel thank you like it was in my head like I was bring him up and I lost him but thank you Joel like that story of like him like losing his daughter at the beginning of the game um and then that story of like how he, him you know what, fifteen years later you know he's he's come cold and heartless and he's got one friend in the world and she dies and he doesn't want anything to do with Ellie because all he sees is like what happened to my daughter with with Ellie and the just that adventure and then like what happened like the game was fantastic but what hits it to a next level is when you get to winter and then like joel gets hurt and ellie's now gotta protect him and she's going around hunting killing deers rabbits whatever to help survive and then you run into um with her like with the with the guy that's trying to kill her and you have that big boss fight that's just amazing and then the end of that game where like like she's the only one that can save people and stop all of this she's the cure and he's like, he's like, he gives her up for it. And then he's like, fuck that. Like, that's my daughter. And he comes back and he just fucking murders everyone. 
and gets her back. Like, I mean, like he kind of turns into like a bad guy, kind of sort of in a way, but it's like, I feel like, I mean, like and watching that, playing through that game, like I, I think myself and a lot of other people were in that same boat where it's like, fuck that, go get Ellie. Like, that's your girl, go get her. And I was like, I just, oh man, man, like everything about like that whole world, like it, when you, when you first saw it, I was like, oh God, I remember when that game first got revealed at Game Awards. It was a few years before that. It was like right a little, not too long after, after Uncharted 3, I want to say, came out. And that came out, and you're just like, oh, man, another goddamn... Because that was like zombie mania, you know? It's just like every fucking thing, every other goddamn thing in movies and TV and video games was zombies. And you saw that, and you're like, oh, God. Naughty Dog is wasting their fucking expertise of gaming on a zombie game. And they come out, and like the, the world they built, the, the zombies using quotation marks that they had... And all of that, like, was just brilliant. Like, they, the greatest thing anybody's ever done with that, with the zombie, like, um, in entertainment history to me, um, outside of maybe, like, Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead from, like, like the 1930s or whatever, like, some of the greatest fucking stuff I've ever seen in entertainment of all time. Like, I, I just loved everything, the whole world. Like, that's another one again. Like, I was just talking about, like, I redownloaded that game today. Like, I'm going to, like, like now I want to go back and re-download Doom again. Like I think Doom and Last of Us are two games I probably have to replay through in early 2020 going into the sequels. Like that is like one of the greatest games of all time to me. One of the probably the greatest story of all time I've ever seen in gaming and entertainment of all time. And like my most anticipated like sequel ever. Like if we never got a sequel, fine. Like they ended it brilliantly. But like it's the one I want more. I wanted more than anything uh, for a sequel. So I yeah I cannot wait for Last of Us Two. Um, I beat this game multiple times. I would love to p- go back and replay it again. Like it's yeah like I don't understand like if you're a gamer at all like this is the game like this is a must play game. Like I don't understand how people play this game and not like it. But that's just me. Um, yeah. So I'm number two. Uh, Last of Us from 2013. Uh, game of the generation from last year or last generation. What about you, Gables? What's your number two? My number two is going to be a little bit out of left field. Oh, it's going to be totally sense for me, and that is Portal Two. Oh, what the frack? Okay, <laughs> it's funny because like, the, like this is like the long, long ago before like uh, before we we podcast together. Like Portal Two came out, so this is this is this is new to me. But go on, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it is. Well, the thing about Portal 2 is it's like it's one of those games that immediately clicked with me from the get-go. Now, even before then, when that game before it came out, I did play through the original Portal that was a part of the Orange Box. So good. And when I went through and beat the original Portal and all the, the tongue-in-cheek like jokes and all this other stuff, it really had me hyped from when Portal 2 came out. And so when that game... Portal 2 did come out and stuff. It was during the whole span of like the whole PlayStation Network outage and stuff. And oh yeah, that's right. Tie-in thing was you were supposed to sign in with your PlayStation account and stuff in order to get the Steam like access to your account and stuff. And quintessentially, that's one of the games that uh, if you logged in, say with that PS3 thing to this day, you can actually recover some of your stats and when you played and <laughs> how much you played on that damn game. And uh, I still have that to this day on my Steam account, but. Uh, no, Portal Two is that is that type of game where the game was so good. I played it through on the PlayStation Three. Actually, no, I'll take that back. At first, because of that outage, it made me go through and rent the game on my 360, and I played through that entire Portal Two on the 360. I loved it so much that during that same year, literally that same year and stuff, I played that same version the same version on the PlayStation 3 and I beat through that all the way through. I beat I beat that game twice initially and I still sporadically go through and play this game off and on till this day and that's because the tongue in cheek jokes that go through the creative puzzle design and stuff. I mean, this is some creative shit that Valve went through and did. I mean, there is some there are those who love Valve games because of like how innovative they were in terms of, like, say, storytelling and in terms of what they did for level design. But for Portal 2, for me, it's it was like one of those entirely new experiences where they it, they basically advanced upon what made the original game so good. You know, it's 
it's like uh, oddball humor plus like it's creative puzzle design and they did it in such a way where you're in a first person shooter sort of mode you were using your paint you were pretty much using that uh, portal gun in order to create different types of things but it bended reality so much in terms of like your perception of things that if you're like going through shooting the portal and you can just see yourself like halfway in one portal halfway through another like some sort of alternate almost like an alternate reality in terms of things and then some of my favorite parts inside of playing that game was coming up with different ways in order to solve puzzles and for sometimes it would initially click to me okay do this do that do this do that but then there were other times where it spent like a half an hour to 45 minutes trying to figure out one for those times i did not like but i initially went to the extent where during the final thing it took me it took me a good solid like 10 minutes to figure out, oh, I got to shoot the freaking portal thing on the moon in order for the damn thing to go through and get the damn final thing done. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so we got Wheatley and everything else like all done and out of the way. And now it, the whole climatic ending and stuff where like Gladys, she's back in her original form for a ball. It's like, you know what? I just do not want to see you again. I just want you to go. You know, and it's like just the whole thing with Shell and stuff. She just, she had every bit of thing that she wanted to like go through and like kill her and stuff like that because of the first game. But at the same time, she just wanted her out of that picture and stuff like that. I still remember it to this day. She wanted her out of the picture. And so the final scene of that entire game, after you've gone through this epic like puzzle solving things, after you've had so many good experiences and like the whole epic moments of like, you see Gladys gets like transformed from the epic robot that she was and stuff and, and see the backstory how she came to be and then all of a sudden she's like inside of a fucking potato. <laughs> and one I of forgot the, about the potato. And, one, and like one of the things that ends up happening while you're falling and stuff in one of the introductions of the levels, it's like she goes through and she looks at you and then like point blank it's like, Oh, hey, hey there, how are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that game was, oh i forgot how brilliant that was i and forgot about the, whole, the potato and and the whole rant rants and stuff about lemon like uh mr uh but the dude that freaking you, you oh, keep finding the audio logs for the audio Is logs like, the dude you kept finding the audio logs and stuff oh, and man. he kept calling this one person like lemon yeah and stuff like that <laughs> oh my god just the crazy rants and stuff and finding out his secretary was actually like uh I think it was his wife, and you end up finding the revelation that Gladys sub- subconsciously is actually the mother of Shell, I think it is, <laughs> if you think about it, and if you listen to the audio logs well enough. So it transforms to this final cutscene, right, where it's like you go through this elaborate song like he did in the first game, and all of a sudden it's like you see the final thing where she's sitting on a she's like sitting on the grass and stuff in this this whole untied this whole tied world and stuff like that where half-life stuff's happening this and that and she's just relaxing inside like the uh like the freaking sunlight and stuff like that just everything else is actually free from this bubble and oh god it's just so much of a grand experience and that is one of the reasons why i have this game again on the Xbox three, on the Xbox One, and then I'm wanting to play through Portal Two again because that is such a fantastic experience too. Uh, but yeah, that was my what number two? Yeah, number two. Yeah, that's not dude. I've oh, man, that's a game. That's one of the games. Like, it wouldn't have cracked my probably my top twenty list, but yeah, Portal Two is a game I, I definitely forgot about when I'm putting this list together. Uh, what a oh, man! What a what a game! Like it's because funny because the game was like. The franchise is so accidental, like where Portal was just was thrown on the yeah. orange box, for uh, was just thrown in the orange box. It's like, eh, it's a game we put together. Like, just like everybody, everybody bought it for Half Life, and uh, what was the, the other that shooter game that I, I remember? Team Fortress Two. Yeah, that hardly anybody plays anymore. Yeah, it feels like. no, like yeah, but it's like, and then Portal was like the thing everybody talked about when it came out. Like that, man, and that was what 2011. Portal Two came out. That's crazy. I, that's dude. That's I remember. Like I remember that my game came out. Like, that's crazy to me. It's like very few games I remember. Like the launch of or like the time. Like what I was doing when the game came out. That's one of yep. them. Like, I was living at like my house uh, at a place with like me and a bunch of friends. And I remember like we got really like I remember like I bought a case of Coors and Portal Two. And that was like this is my weekend, guys. See ya. I didn't come out of my room for like three days because <laughs> I played. I could not quit playing Portal Two. Like and they're like Tyler, are you dead? Like nope. It's like you got any Coors left, Tyler? Nope. 
I, I really had like I really had like eight left, but I was like, "Fuck off," because I'm drinking these coolers. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, oh, but here we are, Gables. All right. We are number here one. We are three and a half hours into our Skype call. Three hours oh, into God. this recording session, we oh, are God. at number one, Gables. Should I do the rundown mm. of our top ten before or after number one? Let's do it right now. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> okay, so Gables, your top ten so far is Skyrim from 2011, uh, 2010's Mass Effect 2 is number 9, number yeah. 8 is 2018's Celeste, number 7 is 2016's Uncharted 4, number 6 is 2017's Zelda Breath of the Wild, number 5 is 2012's Fire Emblem Awakening, number 4 is 2019's Fire Emblem Three Houses, the only game from 2019 that will make this list, by the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, number 3, 2016's Doom, number 2, uh, 2011 uh, Portal 2. So I think it's fair to say that Doom is probably going to be our uh, game of the decade uh, if we, we combine points together. Because we only have two so far uh, copies, and that's Doom <laughs> and Mass Effect 2. So who would have thought? But it's, unless you got something crazy at, at number one, I don't know what's going on. Because I, I have no idea what your number one is going to be. Number uh, So my number my top ten so far, number 10's 2015's Rocket League. Number nine, 2012's Walking Dead Telltale Season 1. Number eight is 2014's South Park Stick of Truth. Number seven is 2015's Metal Gear Solid 5. Number six is 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn. Number five, 2016's Doom. Number four, 2016's Last Guardian. Number three, 2010's Mass Effect 2. Number two, 2013's The Last of Us. So, so far, that is our top ten list. So, we don't know each other. Like, we don't know any of our list here. So, my number one. Game of the decade, 2010 to 2019, is 2018's God of War. <laughs> really? Yes. So I got to ask. I meant to ask this before <laughs> we, we revealed our number ones. What was your? Th- what did you think my number one was? If you had a guess. Okay, what I think your number one was, I thought it was going to either be The Last of Us or possibly fucking Doom. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, mine, mine was Breath of the Wild or Doom for you, so that's funny. Uh, yeah, so this was the game. That like, you know, 2018 wasn't a, it was a it was a really good year, but it wasn't a very deep year. Like the the top of those the top like five or six games of the year were awesome, but it was it kind of fell off off a cliff after that. And but like it was like the the gap from one to two, like even though Celeste gave a little bit of a competition. Number one, all the way through was God of War. This is a game like I hate the original God of War games. I I shouldn't say hate. I tried to give them a shot, and I just could not get into them. Like I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I'm like, this is just hack and slash bullshit. Like, oh, he tapped square to have sex, blah, 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 bullshit. Like, it's stupid. And then come in, like, like even, like, going in. And a lot of these games, you look, it's funny when I think about, like, like you had hopes for, but you didn't really think it would be very good. Like, a lot of these games on my top ten list are that. Like, you know, we look at, like, South Park, Metal Gear Solid Five, Doom, Last Guardian, Mass Effect 2, God of War. Like, you had hope for, or Last of Us, even, like, but you, have, you probably wouldn't give me very good, and they end up being brilliant. And it's like going into God of War. Like I remember buying it on day one, and I bought two copies of the games on day one because I remember my copy from Amazon got delayed at the last minute. It wasn't get till Monday. I'm like, fuck this! I got a three day weekend. I'm buying God of War, so I ended up buying a whole another copy of it digitally to play it because I didn't want to wait. And uh, like this, much like fucking like we were just talking about Portal Two. It was like, all right, guys, I'm gonna see you in a few days because I'm gonna play. I'm gonna sit here. I'm going to drink coffee and I'm going to play God, goddamn God of War. And I remember like my parents even went to like a, a party or something like that. And like we just got uh, my dad's dog like a few months before that, uh, Gunner, a little bulldog. He, he wasn't quite ready to be on his own. So my dad's like, can you uh, dog sit Gunner for me? I'm like, God damn, I got, a war. I got God of War going on right now. So I ended up taking my PS4 and bringing it and like hooking it all up and getting it set up. And I just sat there while Gunner just like slept on the couch with me and playing God of War for like six straight hours. That's all I did. Aww. Yeah. Um, but like, I just, everything about this is like, I keep saying the word brilliant a lot. And I mean, it's, I know I keep reusing that word, but it's like, it's hard not to when you're talking about a, like 10 years worth of games. Um, but like, th- this is the closest thing to perfect for a game to me ever. Where like, not only was like, you know, like you look at like a lot of these games, like, yeah, there's some like little issues with them. Like they're a little clunky. There's like, something's not perfect here. But like in this game, where like the gameplay and the story were, on par with each other as far as like fucking great like almost flawless 
where like the first time you like you heard about that like throwing the throwing the axe and they bring it back to you everybody kept saying that like oh the first time you, you throw that axe and you re- and you call it back to yourself is like something you, you've never felt before in gaming you, know, you kept hearing that over and over again and then like okay whatever and it's like one of those things like okay you're not really whatever it's it's, it's overhyped you're not gonna understand it and you throw that fucking axe and you call it back and it hits your hand and you're like oh man it's like that feeling it's like that it's like doom like that same feeling you got from doom and it's like but it was like you felt it the first time and you felt that the 10,000th time you threw that fucking axe and called it back to yourself or it's like oh oh man <laughs> like i'm gonna fuck some people up today with this axe and that's what i did for like 20 <laughs> hours and i just like i oh man i could not i just love i could not ever get that feeling like to go away and i don't want it to go away but it's like no matter how many times you did it like you just felt great with it and i just couldn't quit could not quit playing this game and oh man it's just everything about it is brilliant like the fact that the the camera never cuts it's always one shot the entire way and this with with bringing your kid atreus uh other than the part we had to press square to, for atreus that that part kind of sucked um it's like the press x to jason kind of thing um atreus atreus um but I don't like even like the fact that like, you think about like games where like you have a side character with you and you got to take care of him like oh god you just think about like Resident Evil 4 or every early like last generation uh, GTA game you're like oh god goddamn fucking uh, one of these missions where you got to take care of somebody but he's also like Atreus was like it took a little bit but he ended up being a fucking badass in his own right in this fucking game I was like I don't want to fuck with this kid like he would destroy me easily and like I just man like the whole journey is brilliant with like the, what you know and like it, it's weird it's, like, it's almost like the, it's like the Gears of War thing where like you cared about these characters on a different level where like before it was just like yeah hurrah hurrah kind of like bullshit like Call of Duty bullshit and like Gears of War 4 is like oh okay these characters actually have like emotions and feelings and actually kind of half-ass care about the, like what they do and what they're going through and this where it's like I hate Kratos and everything about him and God of War is like everything I hate about gaming, like it epitomizes like everything I hate about gaming in that time, like the, like the mid two thousands and early two thousands even. And like the come in like with him and it's like, I care so fucking deeply about this goddamn character more than maybe any other character in gaming. And like his son and the story with him. And like, all he wants to do is take his wife's ashes to the highest point and, and spread her ashes out. That's all he wants to do. That's his journey. He doesn't want to fucking deal with this bullshit from his past. He doesn't want to f- doesn't want to fight any other dumb shit. He doesn't want to deal with Zeus or fucking Thor or any of that goddamn shit. He just wants to god just spread the the, the ashes of his dead wife. And that whole journey and it turns into more and like even like paddle boating around in the canoe and like you have like the head that he keeps on his on his uh side with him and it, like he tell you stories about like the lore of the world and I'm just like I don't want to like I don't want to get out of this boat. I'm just going to go paddle around for 10 minutes aimlessly in a circle so he can finish this fucking story because that's all I care about right now. I like, I want to know more about this. And just everything about that and like going in and like fighting all of the, oh, fuck what they called, like like uh, the harpies or whatever they are. Um, okay. Like going in and fighting all of them and like some of the hardest fights I've ever had in a game before. Um, like sticking with it and fighting through and beating them was, was awesome. Like just everything about this whole entire game is like there's a lot of great near flawless games on this list pretty much everything in the top 10 list like you can argue is like for what they are flawless but to me like like for as a game in gaming world like this is like from the action the story the characters everything about it like not just for what it is for as a game and entertainment is borderline flawless like i have next to no issues with this game and the issues i do have are fucking tiny peddly bullshit and it's like yeah this is like i i beat that game and they gave you the teaser for god of war 2 and i'm just like i still don't go more than a week without thinking about fucking god of war 2 when's it coming (laughs) especially as we get closer to ps5 i'm like maybe it's a 2021 game 2022 oh that sucks that's two years three years away but that's just like like to me like this is like the most hyped I've ever been for a sequel for a game, even over a year later, a year and a half, almost two years later, actually, 
since the game came out, where like I still cannot continuously stop thinking about the next one. So yeah, that's why God of War from 2018 is my number one. Gables, I don't have a fucking idea what your number one is. It's Can I just guess it's a Pokemon game? Am I going to be wrong? Yeah, you are gonna be wrong because it's not a Pokemon okay, game. Okay, give me give me two give me like five seconds. Give me five seconds. <laughs> five seconds. Is it, is it a Nintendo game? Hmm. Well Is it a Nintendo exclusive game? <laughs> well <laughs> Is it Mario Odyssey? God damn it. It is! <laughs> Sorry, take well. it from you, but go ahead. Well, yep. So the number one game for me for the decade is Super Mario Odyssey. Nice. The reasoning behind that, because quite honestly, I feel like this is the quintessential 3D Mario game that people were looking for for years. I feel that this game is even better than Super Mario 64. And quite honestly, I feel like this is the quintessential pinnacle Super Mario game that I have personally have always wanted to play. And here's the reasonings why. In and of itself, you have a hell of a lot of things you can do inside this game. Not just go through each world and just collect a fine, like just a finite number of stars here and there and stuff, but you actually had reasons to go through and collect a lot of these different stars if you wanted to. You could go through and like say upgrade little bits of outfits depending upon each world. You even had elements to where if you beat the game, you could actually unlock the Super Mario 64 suit and pretty much yes. you could run across the damn level like where Peach's Castle is from the original N64 game inside of the like, freaking outside of it as dressed up in 64-bit Mario. That in and of itself is a great callback and an awesome reference. In and of itself, the music was absolutely fantastic with this game. I mean, hell, I still remember the Super Mario Odyssey stuff. I bought the goddamn song on on, uh, fucking iTunes. That music is so memorable, and that music, when it's playing, when you're going through the Manhattan stuff with Pauline, like, basically, that singer voice in Pauline and stuff, in order to sing... And then going through that whole Donkey Kong stage level, that was utterly fantastic. It was really creative in terms of what Shigeru Miyamoto and other people inside of Nintendo were able to come up with in terms of creativity, in terms of how to go through and have Mario go through all these different levels. It doesn't matter whether it was a big old like city metropolis with like all this all these like actual humans like walking around and then all of a sudden you see Mario just like out of nowhere just like so weird and out of place and stuff that throws me off still but at the same time you have levels where Mario transforms into a fucking T-Rex by going through (laughs) and taking control with its half and just running across the stage and just wrecking everything it's like it's a Mario game you get to possess people as Mario because of his fucking hat and it's like you get to you're either you could be a Boo one instance, you could be a T-Rex the other, and hell, you could even be a fucking frog and jump across things and stuff like that. It's like a freaking pipe dream of a Mario game, but yet it's a fully realized Super Mario game. And that's just of itself is crazy enough. And what is even better than like going through and possessing things like frogs, like a T-Rex? How about fucking taking control of Bowser himself, going through and just tossing your hat all of a sudden the last-ditch efforts of this game, and all of a sudden you're taking control of Bowser and just realizing, hey, look at me, I'm fucking Bowser here, and I'm actually going to go through and uh, just go through the last in this level. Oh my god, and, when you uh, get sucked into Bowser <laughs> and you see everything from the last 30 years? Oh my god, yeah, that in and of itself was just one of those awesome moments from 2017 if anything from that year in specific it has it has showed us at least quite a few things that a lot of the games that we've done on our top 10 list they all had a similarities of like all these great games happening here and there but yeah super mario odyssey to me stands out above the rest because it's like quintessentially the game that i've always wanted to go through and play mario wise i've been playing mario games since i was a kid I have fond memories of playing Super Mario 64, my first 3D Mario game, back when that damn thing first released. And then I had been waiting years for even another Mario game to come even close to that. And then all of a sudden playing Super Mario Odyssey, a game I absolutely wanted to buy as soon as I saw the fucking trailer and I saw all the things you could do in that game. Yeah, that is just a bunch of hype. I, Even as an adult, I never have 
for any one type of game or any one type of thing with that. But in and of itself, once I was done, after I went through all the different levels and all of the stuff that I had gone through and experienced through, I still wanted to play that game. I still wanted to go through bits and pieces and stuff. I had unlocked all these different costumes. You can even go through things as Luigi. And even when I was playing through Captain Toad and stuff like that and going through some of those Mario Odyssey levels, it still made me want to go through and play that game. And man, I'll tell you one thing though. It's like, if there's anything I can take away from from playing Super Mario Odyssey and enjoying it as much as I did and maybe realize... Especially during last year, when I was playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses, some of my favorite games of this decade have released exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) And Super Mario Odyssey makes that case for being, in my honest opinion, the best Mario game to go through and release on that system. Where Legend of Zelda kind of feels like that quintessential Zelda game that I've been looking for since I finished up Wind Waker back in the day. Because I've played no other Zelda game behind, even before, that even came close to the amount of t- like goodness I felt after just finishing Wind Waker and then finishing up like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. But then Fire Emblem Three Houses comes along last year and it's like, oh Jesus Christ. It's like, it's now that quintessential Fire Emblem game that I absolutely want to play. And so going right back to why Super Mario Odyssey in and of itself is my number one thing, game of the decade. It's just straight up fun. And it's pretty much why I became a gamer in the first place. Super Mario. And why I still play games is because of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a no-brainer to me. And even though I played another Mario game during the same decade, Super Mario Galaxy 2, it was still fun. There was a lot of good things to be had, but Mario Odyssey blew that out of the water. <laughs> and so even like 3D Land or 3D World or even so, they were great Mario games in and of itself. They were great games in their systems. However, Mario Odyssey blew both of them out of the water too. So, yeah, for me, that is my quintessential number one game. <laughs> that is awesome. Perfect way to yeah. wrap up. Um a decade of gaming almost seven years of podcasting doing all this like with with, with god of war and, and mario odyssey uh and also the fact that we've been recording for over three and a half hours now uh yep uh not the longest session we've ever had i think we still had like oh no was it the was it the game of uh the, the best games of all time list we did we had like seven hours or something like that. We did some crazy. That was the game that that was like the game of the generation podcast yeah. between you, myself, and Josh. Oh my no, it was, god! No, that was Justin. Yeah. Justin, we did. We did. The, Are you sure? Yeah, we get, well, remember that with the we went to like five in the morning, my time. Oh god! Doing yeah, the, I remember that. Yeah, we went like seven hours talking about games. Uh, now I remember that. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, here we are. Uh, incredible. I think it's uh, if we had to like sit there and have an argument real fast over the game of the decade between the two of us, can we both agree it's Doom? Honestly, at this point, I think between the two of us that we feel like Doom is quintessentially that game of the decade. Yeah. So <laughs> our individual, our God of War and Mario Odyssey, but the, the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast would would vote Doom um, as the greatest game of the decade. So take that for what you will. But uh, man, what an <laughs> incredible decade of gaming! Even just we we in about a year we got to do our game of the generation. Oh, and I it's know, like, right? I got some catching up to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I think we both do. There's a few games I missed, but even still, like, uh, oh god, I'm not looking forward to that list. Like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time because we still got a lot of great games coming out this year to play. Like, you 2020 is looking mm-hmm. incredible. Doom Eternal, Cyberpunk, fucking Last of Us Two. Final Fantasy VII. Who would have thought Final Fantasy VII would be the could be one of the best games of the year in 2020, right? <laughs> like, oh Jesus Christ! Gaming's fucking this time weird, next man. Next year, dude. This time next year, we're going to be doing a Games of the Generation podcast. I swear to God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to be nuts. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So it's over, guys. We were here. It's over. It's almost one o'clock my time. Almost eleven o'clock Gable's time. Yep. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Um, this is you know, we do this because we love it. Um, uh, obviously, because we just fucking recorded three and a half over three and a half hours straight 
uh, do the shit. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you guys. We'll be back soon with a uh, a normal show, and then eventually, I think what we're gonna do a game of the year show, and and for 2019. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still got work. I haven't even thought about that. Maybe by then I'll have an actual idea of what I think of Death Stranding. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for listening to us. I uh, appreciate it. Um, I know it's 2020, but this is kind of really the end of the 2019 kind of session for us in a way. Um, yeah. So thanks. Thanks again for listening to all of us. I hope you guys enjoyed these uh, sessions because it, it, we put a lot into it, obviously. Um, and we really, we really enjoy, but we really enjoy doing them all. So if you guys like us, check us out all the places, Drunk Dashers podcast, uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Twitch. We're there. So go to all those places, like, join, subscribe, five-star reviews, whatever you got to do. Click on Gable's junk if you have to to give us recognition. Uh. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Gable's, that's what they got to do. That's what the fans got to do. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um, can't wait to come back do a normal show. But, uh, yeah, mm. Gable's. Yeah. Until next time. Too sweet? Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya. Oh. <sighs>